I did this 28 day trip to Antarctica from New Zealand. So I was on a boat for 28 days. And I remember making the realization that was the longest I had ever slept in the same bed for like 10 years. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 447. While Wisconsin may be known mostly for cheese, and in fact, the Swiss cheese capital of the world is not in Switzerland, it's in Monroe, Wisconsin. Wisconsin also exports more cranberries, whey, ginseng root, and sweet corn than any other state in the U.S. Hmm, I love two of those four, but none as much as cheese. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sher, and joining me today is someone who wrote a bio about herself that is so good that for the first time in over 400 episodes, I'm not going to try to make it better. I'm not going to put it in my own words. I'm just going to read it. So here we go. In her 11 years of living nomadically, she circled the globe multiple times, visiting all seven continents. She lived in Vietnam, hiked the Annapurna circuit with her father, finished the 10,000-mile Mongol rally, walked the Camino de Santiago, kayaked in Antarctica, herded reindeer in the Arctic, and drove an auto rickshaw across India. But that's not all. While quarantining in her home in Denver, she used her time to work on a new ebook, Where to Go and When. The book provides inspirational ideas of where to travel each month for when we can travel again. And for each month, we choose three destinations to satisfy different travel styles with a short overview of the interesting, cool, and quirky things to do there. The destinations were chosen based on trips that this person has actually done over her. Can you believe it, Sherry? 14 years as a travel blogger, my good friend, incredible writer, incredible <laughs> photographer, one of the OGs of travel blogging, Sherry Ott from Ottsworld.com. Sherry, oh my God. there you go. I've never, I've never had anyone read that to me out loud. That is, uh, that's a little crazy. And I'm a little like... <laughs> You've done it all. I I wanted to like, I usually pick out one or two from people's things. And I was reading through it. I'm like, I'm not picking anything. (laughs) This is her life in a nutshell. And she wrote it so well. I'm not, I don't even have to do any hard work here. So (laughs) thanks for that. Yeah. (laughs) I am so glad to have you back on. And um, what's really cool. I've never told you this story, but whenever I see otsworld.com, this is pretty funny. And I was like, how is this going to relate to travel? But I think I know how. There is a place near my home where I grew up called Otsworld, which is a huge nursery garden center, right? No way. Yeah. And as a kid, my, my twin sister and I, you know, we were just really little. That was kind of like as 
far as my parents would ever take us. Like if we went to Ott, it, I mean, it's only probably a 15 minute drive, but it was like a new school district, new area. They'd be like, we're going to Ott. So we had to go back this road and we never went past Ott. So I forever never knew what is past Ott. And so, yeah, it was like pushing my boundaries even as a kid. So every time I see Ott'sWorlds.com, Ott'sWorld.com, I'm like, yeah. That is so great. I've never heard that. Now I kind of want to pilgrimage there. <laughs> hey, come on. You can, I'll show you all the hot spots. Best places to get pizza. You can see all suburban Philadelphia, Sherry. I know you. Woohoo. That wasn't in your bio that no, you've it gotten wasn't. taken around suburban Philadelphia. So I have been to Philadelphia, but you're right. It is not in my bio, nor is it in the book, actually. <laughs> all right, but I do have some book. really odd places in the book. So nice, nice. Net version 2.0 will include Oz yes. World. All I right. already am starting it. Yep. See, there you there go. You go. <laughs> so, all right. You finally decide to settle down after 11 years on the road. Uh, wow. And you were one of the few people that I knew that, at, not that you have to be nomadic if you're a travel blogger. I don't want people to get that impression. Uh -uh. But you were like, you were full on nomadic for a extended time, 11 years. <laughs> yes. And then you decided, all right, like this is run its course a little bit, decide to have mm -hmm. a home base. Then quarantine hits, you know, not oh, in, in your lifespan, like of 11 years, it's not, you know, this home base hasn't been you yeah. had for that long. So, all right, give us a scoop. Like first, let's start. <laughs> what's it like having a home base versus being nomadic for that long? Oh, um, but first of all, both are great, but the home base came because it needed to like mm. 11 years on the road. I had probably for the last three of those years been thinking about, I think I really, really need to like slow down and, and have a home base. Um, but the hard part is, or was, I, I couldn't decide where I wanted to go, honestly. Um, there were a few things that made it hard. I couldn't decide where I wanted to go. I was afraid I was going to lose my identity. I honestly didn't know how to have a home base anymore. It was, there was a lot of fear. There was this much fear like slowing down and going back into kind of the normal of having a home as there was 14 years ago when I left my job and home and went on the road. Mm. It was really weird because, you know, the, the constantly moving had become the norm. Um, so there was a lot of concern, but I, once I decided on Denver and I chose Denver because I love the mountains. Um, I knew I wanted to be in the U S as a home base, uh, close to somewhat close to family. Um, they're all in not, the Midwest. Not too close, right? Exactly. Yeah. Close, but not. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I had never lived in that part of the U.S. And so I lived on the West Coast, the East Coast. I grew up in the Midwest. And so I had never hit this time zone. <laughs> I'd never hit the mountain time zone before. And I kind of felt like if I was going to choose a place because I did think about going back to places I had been before, but I thought if I'm going to choose a place, why not do something new? Because it'll keep that whole idea of exploration alive in a new area. Um, so that was kind of the thought process around it. It was way cheaper than New York and the East coast. <laughs> I could get out to the mountains. Um, and I was excited to explore Colorado. So that's how I chose Colorado. But, but the choice to just slow down was hard. Um, there was a number of reasons though why. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that it was probably about three years in the making. And I mm -hmm. we met probably at the beginning of those three years. Probably, probably at this point six-ish years ago. Um yeah. 
because I remember having some discussions because I had just at that point, I guess st- we were thinking about build- having a home base or maybe we had just come back to our home base or something like I think that. You were, I think you were in the process. Yeah. And I was probably jealous. <laughs> yeah. I remember we, we talked about, we were with our buddy, Sean Keener at his place. And, yeah. and I remember talking about this idea of a home base and I had a lot of the same reservations that you had most of it around identity uh, mm-hmm. Some of it around finance of like, well, if I'm if I have a yeah. home base, it's it's that's drawing from you know my money to yeah. travel. How can exactly. I do both? And um, walk us through that though, because you said it, it needed to happen. So if you started thinking about it three years in, that's that's about then what seven or eight years on the road. Yeah. Most people might not <laughs> make it that long. What, yeah. Was there a few? like aha moments of like, yeah, this might have run its course. <laughs> um, yeah, but I can't say they're like exciting aha moments. It was, it was just normal stuff. Like, um, well, a couple of things, the main thing that drove it just, I was getting older. Um, and what I really needed was a regular doctor again, quite frankly. Um, and, and the weird thing is at that time too, because of Obamacare, which I'm not complaining about at all, that forced me into some decisions, um, that made it much harder for me to be on the road and get medical help, which sounds really weird, but that's just kind of how it went down. Um, so, you know, let's see, I'm 50 now. So, you know, I was like 47. And one of the things that happened is I did have an injury from running that uh, a foot injury that I never really took care of properly because I didn't have, I was moving around. And if you're moving around and have a foot injury, it really sucks because (laughs) it's hard to do. Um, And, you know, I tried the whole, like I was in Mexico, so I went and had it x-rayed and, you know, talked to a doctor there and got some, some help there. And yeah, it was super cheap and great. But the plain fact is I never did the right thing, which was probably physical therapy see a regular doctor, you know, and I think as I got older, I was realizing that, oh, maybe that would be a good idea. (laughs) So that foot injury led to some other stuff because I never properly got it, you know, kind of worked out knee injury, um, back, you know, everything just kind of started falling apart. And I'm like, that's it. I need, I had insurance, but my insurance was back at my parents in South Dakota. And because of all the changes in Obamacare, I had to go to a South Dakota doctor and that didn't make sense for me to do that. So, so a lot of it was I needed a place where I could kind of get regular medical help again. Um, And in fact, right when I moved to Denver, I actually immediately got insurance and had knee surgery. So, okay. (laughs) So yeah, I have had a very similar experience of getting, uh, insurance and the next day like being the happiest human on a on a <laughs> on an operating table i was like oh yeah. you're gonna fix my acl mcl meniscus yeah i've been hobbling around for a year and a half <laughs> this is the best the guy was like why yeah. are you so excited i said i've wanted this day for a year and a half uh, you know yeah. my story is yeah. a little different but same thing i was just like yeah okay cool let's get it yeah. done yeah and it was i still remember it's funny when you said i just was remembering like even when i did get to denver and and found insurance and found a doctor and started going through this whole process to have the surgery. Um, I remember walking into the medical center and just being like, I haven't been in one of these for like a decade. And it was so different. Like that was kind of the coolest thing about coming off the road and being in normal life again is like, 
you really saw how the world operated and what happened in the 10 years or so that you, you were mm-hmm. kind of gone from that. And I was so impressed with like, oh, wow, this check-in process is so cool and like stupid things. Like I'd been in exploration. a time capsule. It, it yeah. is exploration, a time capsule. I love it. We put Sherry in a time capsule. We pulled her out 10 years later. But we should mention like, as people heard from your bio in the beginning, it's not that you were just on the road. Okay, um, you know, I'm living van life and I'm in the U.S. Oh, no. And you were, I mean, you were everywhere and anywhere. You yeah, were, all seven continents. Yeah, off the beaten path. You were also traveling very quickly. Like it wasn't yes. nomadic saying, hey, I'm going to go here for three months. Because people might be saying, well, well, why? You know, you could just go to New Zealand and then you could yeah, get medical no. But you were traveling very fast. Give us yes. an idea of how fast, because I think you were the one that spurred oh. on me to keep a record of how many places we slept every year. You were yes. the one. Now I think about it, who who yeah. did this, and I thought I'm taking that on. So, <laughs> do do you know your record, or like what was your um, average, or or? Yeah, the average. I remember I was up to. It was close to like a hundred beds a year. And what that basically meant was that I was moving about every three days um, (laughs) on average is what I figured out. There was one trip recently, kind of towards the end before I had a home, but towards the end, um, I did this 28 day trip to Antarctica from New Zealand. So I was on a boat for 28 days and I had the same cabin, obviously, for 28 days. And I remember making the realization that, that was the longest I had ever slept in the same bed for like 10 years. Wow. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So you were, yeah, I remember when we talked six years ago, it was, and that's why we yeah. started. And so if you guys like our year in review <laughs> and, and the most beds, thanks, Sherry. But I remember hearing that and you were saying, yeah, I average like every three nights I'm somewhere new. And mm-hmm. all of us, even us travelers, like everyone we were hanging out with was travelers. So it's not like we're, this is uncommon to us, but all of us were still shocked. Like, whoa, oh my yeah. gosh, if I counted it, uh, you know, it's not that fast. Or at least maybe it's fast in spurts and yeah. then there's a long-term thing, but you were just go, go, go. Yeah, go, my go, longest go, term go. was maybe like longest term would have been two weeks. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was constant movement. And what, what, okay. So when you were in that mode of life and that season of life, what was spurring you on to travel that quick? Was it different opportunities with the blog or was it just because you, you were saying, I just get bored. Like, I just want to move on. It's a personal decision. (laughs) I have ADD. No, (laughs) um, you know, I think it's a couple things, honestly. Um, one, definitely, as time went on, I was moving faster because there were more opportunities for the blog. And I think when you start out, when there was, you know, I started out so long ago that there was no blogging. Um, I think you still kind of live in this world of like, what happens when this all goes away? So I better do everything I can now because. It, because that's how it started. I mean, there was no, you know, no one was asking me to go anywhere. So I think some of that kind of spurred me on, certainly. So I would get these opportunities. I'd be like, yes, I'll do it. I'll try to figure out how to fit it in. Um, but still kind of the underlying reason, um, and this is the reason that actually put me on the road as well as, you know, I don't know, made me probably write this book, is I like, I like to experience something new every day. Um, I love the newness of travel and that was something I was clearly addicted to. 
um, which also made the pandemic really hard. I had to be really creative. Um, and uh, I, I think that was it. I was just so excited to go see everything and have like a new experience or learn something new every day. I mean, it was easy when you were on the road because everything was new. Yeah. Um, and that's also probably why I don't often go back to the same places. Um, okay. I, I have, but it's rare. So yeah, there are different types of travelers and I'm not exactly sure where I fit because I am not someone who needs, like, I certainly don't have, Hey, I want to go to all 196 countries. I mean, do I think that'd yeah. be cool? Sure. Is it, <laughs> but if you don't make it like your biggest life priority, you're never going to do it. So I'm never no. going to do it. Right. And <laughs> you're, someone asked me the other day, well, how many countries you've been to? I'm like, I don't know. Like, well, how don't you know? I I'm like, either. I, I, I just, yeah. Okay. I just don't, it, it, it's, yeah, it's just not the way that I travel. And so I kind of, I don't know. I feel like I used to be new, new, like I'll take new over what I've seen before. And mm-hmm. then now I think maybe half the time I'm like, let me make it comfortable. So let me go like drop me in Chiang Mai, Thailand. I, I it's like a second home. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I'll have a good time. But then there's a whole other side of, well, I want to go to Sri Lanka because it's, <laughs> it would be awesome. So yeah. I, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm splitting I'm kind of on the fence of, of where I fall because I think there are different types of travelers and it's it's a continuum, right? It's not like you're yeah. either one or the other, but you were saying I was very far to the one side of like new, yes. new, 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 new. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's changing at all for you? Like yeah, if I asked you right now, so. where would you want to go? Would you, do you think you'd pick somewhere you'd been before or do you think it'd be somewhere new? Um, it's funny because I thought about that a lot during the pandemic, right? right. I was thinking about where do I want to go? With sure. Um, and it is, it is, that is interesting because I, I definitely kind of skew towards the side of, I'll go back to someplace I've been some of my favorite places. Cause I miss them. Um, some of my favorite places in Europe, not that I would, I would still seek out new things, but like one of my things that I want to do first is go back to Jordan. Now it's been like, I don't know, 10 years since I've been to Jordan. Um, but I want to go back to Jordan and I want to walk the whole uh, Jordan trail, which is like, right the length of Jordan. So I've not done that in Jordan. And I think it would be really cool, but I have been to Jordan before kind of thing. Um, But yeah, I definitely gravitate right now to going back to countries that I've been and some of it seeing old friends and stuff like that, because now we've been cut off for such a long time. It feels like. So yeah. yeah. So I'd say it's changing. yeah, you can. And, and that's the thing. People were like, oh, why do you go back to Thailand? I'm like, listen, I could. Hey, I was there five years ago. So hey, <laughs> even if I went to the exact same places, it would change. Oh, yeah. Thailand's not even a big country, but there's, you know, I've probably seen 20% of not even I mean, 10, yeah. 5% of it. Um, and so I think that there is this I when we touch country counter talk about countries, and people are like, oh, you're going back to that country. Or like even a say, oh, you're going back to Paris? Well, I mean, think about it. You go as a tourist one time, you go as yes. a tourist another time, and then you you come the third time, you could never do any tourist stuff, and there's still a um, thousand sides to see of it, or, or same yeah. with New York City. So totally. Plenty to explore, even if, you, <laughs> even if you say it. So all right, you talked about COVID and, and the pandemic mm-hmm. and that and being quarantining, and that's hard, especially, all right, so you were only in a home base for a couple years. And yeah. now all of a sudden you're being told, hey, you sleep in 100 beds uh, a year. Now you actually can't really go anywhere. What mm-hmm. was that? What was that like? And and what did you deal? Because you, or how did you deal with it? Because you said you got creative. I did. But here's the funny part. Um, so since I 
moved to or since I got a place in Denver, I found that I was probably busier than ever. And I would what was happening in the three years is that I was still moving around a ton, but I would always come back. So for the first time ever in all these years, I got like status on it on an airline because I was actually flying the same airline. So I was kind of, you know, you'd go out and come back in and out and come back in. All of a sudden my whole mode of travel kind of changed in that world. Um, and so I was doing a lot of that, spending a lot of time on planes and stuff like that. And so I was getting pretty burned out of that too. I think I had figured that last year, yeah, last year I was on the road at least 80, 85% of the time. Wow. Um, so yeah. even though you had a home base, yes. it was lightly used. Very lightly used. Yes. So when this happened, um, I had just gotten back from El Salvador and had a whole year of travel planned. Um, but I, I honestly needed a break. Like this is the one thing that was going to force me in to standing still for a bit. Um, and I actually kind of enjoyed it at first. Um, I still enjoy, I mean, I still is not a big deal to me right now, but it was really nice. Finally, I got to do all these things on my blog that I never got to do. I mean, the whole book thing came out of like, oh my God, this has been on my list forever. Mm. Why don't I do this? Because I can. Um, and the big thing too, and I'm sure I think all of us probably feel this, is that it, it was different because no one else could go anywhere either. So you didn't have that like, oh, you know, looking at social media and, you know, we were forced to be in one place. So in, in a way, despite the the horribleness of the pandemic, it was actually really good for me. Um, plus, it allowed me to finally see my home and make it my home. Like I put mm. stuff up on the walls. <laughs> that, your nesting, Sherry. Wow. Oh it's my gosh. Kind of it was a whole yeah. new experience. <laughs> I, it's like exploration into doing handyman stuff. And you're like, oh, well, this is why I maybe don't do it a lot, but I'll, I'll yeah. do it for a couple of days, it, right? It was fun and new for a little bit. So it was great. I cooked, like I cooked like crazy. I had so much fun cooking. Um, and I live in a tiny little like studio apartment, tiny, maybe 500 square feet. Um, but I love my little apartment. and. I kind of, I nested. You're right. I made it my home. I did little projects. I started fostering kittens. Um, so I had kittens all the time, which was super fun. Um, <laughs> and as a side note, kittens do way better on Instagram than travel. So, there you go. Okay. So, Moving into a new niche. There you go. Yes. Um, and I, you know, I was catching up and just doing a bunch of blog work that I had never been able to do. At the same time, I took up biking. You know, we couldn't really go anywhere uh, too much outside of Denver. We were supposed to stay in our same county, but we could go out and like work out and stuff. But uh, I and a friend ended up kind of getting into biking and every weekend we'd go out and I was like learning my way around Denver because I also don't have a car. So um, it was just like, it was new exploration the kind of putting together all the pieces of like, oh, this is this reservoir and this is how this connects to this. And it was, it, it was like what should have happened the first year I was here, but never did. <laughs> and I was yeah. able to make some friends, strangely. Yeah, that's, it's so interesting. I mean, we've heard it as a movement of like explore your backyard or explore local, whatever mm -hmm. the hashtags are or the slogans are, but it, 
it's so true. I mean, I did a yep. lot of the same stuff. <clears throat> now we did move in the middle of a pandemic somewhere new, but part of that was because of this idea of exploration. We we yep. definitely would not have moved had it had we been traveling much like you. I mean, not as yeah. but we had all this travel plan. No way we would have ended up here in North Carolina in this house because we would have been doing a thousand other things. It wouldn't have been on our radar, anything like yeah. that. And it served as a awesome way to, to not that everyone needs to go out and buy a house, right? But <laughs> it served as an awesome way to say, wow, we are going to do something new and it's only going to help our life in the, in the long run. Like same with yep. you as De- in Denver. Now, even when, if you do travel 85% of the time in a couple of years and you're like, I still want to do it. When you come home, it does feel more like home, right? Absolutely. I feel like I finally now really have a home. Like I even have a slight routine, you know? When was the last time you had a home before this? Was it when you were in New York that you would have felt that you had a home, which was 14 years ago and you had like a corporate job and Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think this was also now, this is easily the most time I've ever spent in the U.S. also in the last 14 years. I mean, I'd come back to the U.S. max for like a month, maybe. And even then I was like traveling around family, friends, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't spent this much time in the U.S. before. For it so seems you, like had, forever. you had much more international travel experience than domestic yes. travel experience, which I, yeah. was, I would also have fallen in that boat up until maybe a year or two ago to, you know, people, I'd be like, I've been to more countries than States now. Granted. Yeah. There's a lot more countries than States <laughs> Same here, but yeah. yeah, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm at way all this amount of countries. I look at the States. I'm like, I'm at 30, which is kind of cheating. Cause I live in the East coast. <laughs> so it's like 30 is You're right. You can drive between Maine and Florida and hit 30 basically. So, um, yeah, there was a lot that, and still is left unexplored for me, but I've started to kind of maybe I would say even that up a little bit with my domestic travel knowledge as compared to maybe my international travel knowledge. Yeah. And even now as kind of, as the, as we got out of actual quarantine, um, I have been going, you know, further out and I've done like three different trips in Colorado now road trips. And I've hit all these areas that I've wanted to see, um, I told you right now, like I'm in the process of heading out to Lake Tahoe by car. Uh, I went up to my parents live in South Dakota. So I drove up there and did stuff and, you know, on the way. So it's like, I now also feel like I've now kind of expanded that web out and I'm starting to explore this part of the United States, the West really, that I didn't really know much about. So this was the whole reason why I wanted to move in this area in the first place. So I'm actually getting to do that. I'm forced to kind of do that. But it's been great because I've learned so much about this area, um, geographically, culture-wise. It's been great. I do <laughs> feel like the area you're in, and when we talk about the the West, we're saying not all the way to the West Coast. I mean, no. there, there's awesome places everywhere, but I feel like the West is tailor-made for exploration, right? It I mean, is. it's yes. it's kind of almost built into the the like how it came to be part of our country right is mm-hmm. like i'm out west i'm just going to go i'm going to drive <laughs> i'm going to see stuff i i might know what i'm going to see at the end but in between i don't know i mean totally surprised incredible yeah. for it yeah and it's beautiful and it's you know some is in its own unique way I, yesterday we spent driving through wyoming you know so um, it is beautiful in its own unique way but 
I, I don't know, I've just been fascinated with how, with the history here and and really the geography too, like the high plateaus and it's the high deserts, like all that stuff is completely new to me coming from the Midwest. I mean, I'm like, wow, okay. Um, so I love it. It's been really, really interesting. And I do feel extremely fortunate, like I'm sure you probably do too, that we live in a country that has such a vast geography. Just the other day, I was saying like, I think the only thing we don't have is really like technically rainforest. Right. Um, we've got everything else. And so if I have to be stuck somewhere, yeah, it's not a bad place I, to be I'm, stuck. I'm with you. I, I could, you know, if someone said to me, hey, Trav, you could only ever travel in the U.S. for the rest of your life, it wouldn't be that big of a blow. And we're people who yeah. love traveling different cultures, the food, different mm-hmm. languages, but it it really wouldn't be that awful, right? I mean, no. we're talking from a very first world perspective, but who <laughs> yes. and we've both got to see a lot of stuff. I mean, you've been to all seven continents, but it, it would be like, okay, well, that's a bit of a bummer, but there's a lot <laughs> that I could do in the next yeah. 50 years of life or whatever. So yeah. And even the the cultures within the US, I think you know, as a writer and so on, it makes me work harder to find like that cultural excitement that I get from, you know, traveling internationally. Cause that's easy. You know, you go to Thailand, you go to Vietnam, it's easy to see how (laughs) that culture is different. It's hard to look at our own country and go, how are our cultures different? Um, but it's, although although there are (laughs) places you go, you're like, Oh, this is a slide. I feel like (laughs) I'm in a different place. I mean, go down to Miami. I remember walking through Miami last year, thinking this is awesome. Like I am in a different country right now. Yeah. You know, and there's probably a lot of Spanish spoken too. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, there are certain, certain places, you know, or if you go deep down in Louisiana, if if you're not from there and you're not used to, you'd be like, this is completely different from what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Or Wyoming, as you mentioned, when I drove through Wyoming, I just thought this is crazy. Like people live here. Yeah. It's, it's just you you want a different thing if you're living in Wyoming than if you're living, you know, most yeah. of the rest of the country, um, yeah. which is fine. So, yeah, there are a few pockets where you're like, all right, this is totally different. But like you said, it's unearthing the subtle nuances that yeah. that might be a more difficult, but kind of more rewarding in a way, too. Yeah. And even like, you know, I get a lot of excitement from like reading the stories of explorers and stuff like that. But most of that in my travel life has been like Antarctica, like Shackleton. And, you know, I told you I did this New Zealand to uh, Antarctica trip, which was basically following in the the path of all of those explorers, Scott Shackleton. And, you know, you read all about it. You go up to the Arctic and you read up about those explorers and you're like, oh my God, these people are crazy. How did they do this? Well, I just finished here in the U.S. a trip down the Grand Canyon. Mm. Um, so I took advantage of an opportunity, you know, the rafting trips in the Grand Canyon are normally full years and years in advance. There's only so many people that are allowed to go. And because of COVID there were cancellations. So I actually hopped on it because it was one of the things I always wanted to do, but it, it was, it was so incredible. I could talk just about that on this show. But one of the cool things was I also, during that whole process was learned about the exploration, you know, the first group that went through the Grand Canyon, Powell, and like the 
it's fascinating. So we've got that here too. Those you know yeah. crazy things that they ran into, they lost all their food, they were going to die, you know, all this stuff. And it's here in the U.S. too, which is it's really cool to unearth. It, it it totally is. I before we get into the books, I want to talk about that in just a second. I want to bring up the point because I haven't thought about this at all during the whole COVID until you mentioned it. Was that other people can't travel too, and that's why I don't feel that bad because I thought I was maybe just maturing. Yep. No. I was like, oh, you know, you're cool no. with like slowing down. It forced you to because both you and I are go go go. Yep, you're just you're just mature. You're more enlightened, Trav, and you're right. I'm not. I'm not that you said it, but I'm saying. I'm I, I'm not. It's just that other people aren't doing it, so I I don't have I the feel FOMO. good about it. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Oh, you can't do and, it. And All right, we're all stuck in the same boat. There, there's kind of a part of me. There are times like when I'm in the middle of a project or something, you know, like in the middle of that book where I'm like, oh, I kind of don't want this to end because then I'm going to probably put this down and never finish it because I'm going to feel like all of a sudden I'm going to see everyone going places and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to do something. I need to do something. It's yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure you do. I, we probably have mutual friends. I have a few friends that are traveling, are doing stuff either because yep. they have to, uh, you know, for certain circumstances or they just, you know, are choosing to what have you. I have a friend in Costa Rica who's learning to surf while I'm trying to learn <sighs> to surf here. And so cool. I'm like looking at him like, I could do this. You know, Croatia has been open to Americans. Yep. one of our favorite countries. So I see a few travel friends there and I'm thinking, do we just go? You know, it's like, (laughs) it's, it's still there, but it's such a small little push because there's so few people doing it that it hasn't, yeah, gotten to the point where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm wondering when that will happen. I I can't wait to see your Instagram of when it happens for Sherry, (laughs) that domino falls. Maybe I'm the next domino to fall because there is going to be a point where we just say, you're right. All right. We're, we'll be safe, but I'm we're going. going. Like, we yep. got to. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it might, so I don't true. know. Maybe after this call, we both get off. We think, <laughs> all right, we got to do it. So, and I do flirt around with it. I still enjoy kind of the, the flirting around with the idea and planning. Just, just the other day, we were talking about, I'm like, oh, maybe I want to go spend the winter in Mexico City, you mm. know, and do this, you know, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, it depends. I think for Heather and I, it is probably like what we've talked about is like January. Mm-hmm. If it's okay, you know, if it's where we are right now and it's okay to go places and we can be safe and do it, we'll probably that might be the the, the pushing off. It's January. It's cold. It's dark. Yep. Let's go. Let's go to Mexico exactly. or somewhere else. Exactly, because I'm. I've always said since the beginning of this, I'm worried about the winter. Really sure. worried about the winter. Summer's because, easy. Fall's nice. Yeah. Winter, yeah. get me out. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not a skier, so I don't, you know, I'm not going to hit the mountains or anything like that. And so it's really like, yeah, I'm going to want to get out. Definitely. Yeah. I think, <laughs> so, all right. We, we, I, I think we're setting maybe January 8th as the, as the drop dead nice. date of like, we got to get out of here. I've actually <laughs> said that to Heather. I'm like, I, you know, my birthday's January 3rd. Fine. We, we can be around friends, family. But like, yeah. as soon as that day is over, I got nothing We're holding out. me here. So it might be time to go. It might be. Yeah. Time to go. <laughs> All right. I like that plan. I like that plan. Right. I, I keep... Fingers crossed. That All things right. Will fingers stay crossed. The fingers crossed. For the most part. For sure. I see the pictures. About. Yeah, me too. I see the pictures of like Dubrovnik and you know, you always say like, oh, <sighs> this would be amazing with no tourists here. Well, guess yeah. what? There's no tourists. And I see a few yeah. people post pictures and I think, Oh my it's gosh, incredible. am I missing, I still feel, am I missing a once in a lifetime opportunity? opportunity? I don't think the answer is 
yes, I mean, it might not ever be this drastic. Hopefully it isn't this drastic again, no. but I, there's still going to be, I don't know. I'm like you, I, you just I feel think, like you're always missing. Let me get it in right now. And it's like, eh. yeah, I think what, what holds me in on this, cause I do think we probably are missing an opportunity, you know, that once in a lifetime opportunity of seeing Venice or whatever without tourists. But I think what holds us in is this is still bad enough that from a social norm, yeah. I mean, we're, we are people that already break social norms, but I guess it just proves that we have some limits, Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, which is an okay thing. I mean, I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. It, it is this, like, I'm not willing to put travel or this quote. Yeah. This once in a lifetime opportunity ahead of my safety, my kid's safety, my mm-hmm. family's safety, other people's safety, you know, setting the wrong example, whatever. Yeah. And obviously it's a continuum again of like yes. what example you should set. So some people might listen and be like, well, you said you might go somewhere in January. It's like, yeah, you know, we weigh our options, but yeah. Um, all right. I, speaking of places we might go in January, let's talk about this book because when you sent me this, oh. this email and was like, Trav, I got this book that I'm writing. I thought, oh my gosh, I, A, I can't wait to get my hands on it, but <laughs> this is perfect. Like this is the exact type of travel book that I want of, of oh, like good. choices, but not too many because mm-hmm. right, like you give someone too many choices, like, Hey, Trav, sure. You can go anywhere in the world. All right. Yeah. You got four <laughs> hours. Cause we're going to start yeah. listed places, but here it's like, here are three different types of trips. Here are, you know, why to go during this time. And so it's like a nice handholding, but not telling you like, this is the only place, but here's yeah. the things that you can do. So I love the premise. So how long have you been thinking about this? Because you mentioned this had been on your list for a while and you just had never <laughs> slowed down enough. So how long have you been thinking about writing a book like this? Uh, probably four or five years, okay. I would say. And okay. it just, and I had been keeping a little like Evernote note of like, you know, ideas of these are the things that I would include for different months. And it wasn't until the pandemic that I sat down and started really like, moving those pieces around and figuring out like, oh, and it might've even been then that I decided I would do the three types of trips per month because I was having a hard time. I couldn't just pick one. I could never just mm. pick one. Right. <laughs> like we said, we're going to give people options. It's just not yeah. a thousand options. It's maybe yes. three. And I realized that the way that I did it, you know, I was listing all these super epic trips, uh, kind of like some of the stuff in the bio, Right. And I realized, well, okay, I don't want to turn people off because those are also time consuming and normally more expensive. Um, so let me try to give people some other varieties of types of trips. And um, yeah, that's where I came up with the epic. I did one that was kind of a mix of international and festivals. Okay. Um, and then one that is completely a group that is completely domestic, US based for those people that were like, no, I want to, I didn't even think about the pandemic, honestly, at that time, it was just really, I know plenty of people that just are happy traveling in the U S. Yeah. Um, did you so. have a month? All right. So when you first start down to write this book, was there a month that you knew like, all right, August, boom, boom, boom. I've got it locked oh, in. Totally. And then were there some that you were a little more fluid? Let's, let's go through that. Cause yeah. that's always fun. What was, what was from the beginning? Like, I know what I'm writing for this month and here are the three that I'm doing. Um, I always knew that like uh, the big expedition cruises that I did. So Antarctica, um, I always knew I would do, um, 
Wrangell Island, which is another expedition cruise. Uh, what else? And then I would say, I was trying to decide between the rickshaw run. Once again, these are all very kind of epic, but these were easy because they're like, oh my gosh, most people have not heard of these things, have not, you know, I mean, yeah, people heard of Antarctica, but the way I was talking about to go to Antarctica was very different than, that was my other goal. It's like, I'm not going to put in Paris or, you know, unless I had a really unique spin on Paris that I thought people had never heard of. Um, It was really off the beaten path stuff. Um, Alaska, I knew Alaska was going to have to be in there. And actually Alaska's in there for winter and summer. Because I I love it both. Is that the only double up or are there? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it might be. Okay. That's a good question. Yeah. All right. Alaska. (laughs) I've never been there winter or summer, but. Spain is in there twice too. Okay. I think. Yeah. You've never been, you've been in the summer, I'm assuming. No, I've never been to Alaska at all. (gasps) Oh, this is, okay. So this is the time to go because it's domestic. Um, and actually like, I'm actually talking about going to Alaska potentially in February this year again, because I love it so much in the winter and it is, people don't think like, that's a good one for culture too. Like, oh, it's so different than the rest of America. You will feel like you are in another country, especially in the winter. Um, and it's, it's so much cheaper and very similar as far as the experiences you can have than going to Norway, Iceland, you know, like the Scandinavian countries to go see the Northern Lights. Fairbanks, Alaska is one of the best places you can ever go to see Northern Lights. And yes, is it colder than maybe Iceland? Yeah. But your odds, I think they say if you stay three days, you'll see the Northern Lights. Mm. Um, So, you know, I think that's a good example of, yeah, we might be only able to travel domestically, but you can still have big experiences like that. Right. Like an epic trip, like that's domestic, but it's, it is an epic trip. And I think anyone would put that no matter where you live in the U S as an epic trip, because it is so different from anywhere else. Same as Hawaii. Like this is, you can't recreate this on U S soil in any other way. There's nothing even close to Mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah. What were some of the ones that then we, I mean, we don't have to take everyone through <laughs> month by month. I'm no, not going to make no. you recreate on the no. spot, but oh, what were some of the ones that, so you talked about, all right, I knew I was going to put these epic ones in. What were some of the ones that you're most proud of that are, yeah, like ones that you think, oh my gosh, people wouldn't know this. Like it might not be epic, but I'm really proud because this is, this will be a unique oh, spin on something that they haven't thought about. Well, Okay, there's a lot of those actually. Good, we can rattle um, a few off. Yeah, <laughs> um, a place that I'm going to actually be driving through today, Elko, Nevada, uh, is where they have the. This kind of fell in the the realm of festival. They have the Cowboy Poetry Festival every year, um, and I had heard about this when I was in Alaska by some traveler, and then three years later, I finally made it because I'm like cowboys and poetry. That sounds crazy. Um, and I went a couple of years ago and it was awesome. Just really such, once again, such a different part of American culture that I'm like, whoa, I know nothing about ranching, you know? Like, um, and it was quirky and interesting. And I learned how to two-step and, you know, just fun stuff. Um, a lot of like the U.S. choices are different. Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, uh-huh. Okay. We got some listeners who will be happier with that because I always get I people pinging me about Cincinnati. Cincinnati. 
I loved Cincinnati. That was when I went to a year or two ago and it blew me away. I just had no idea the history there. It's really where the North meets South. It was where, you know, if um, the slaves could escape and make it over the river, they were in the North, you know, it was just, it's fascinating. So the culture there, there's a huge German culture. Um, beers are great. Uh, art Deco, it was kind of the testing ground for Art Deco architecture. So they have a building there that's like the Empire State Building when you look at it. And it was kind of the test run for the Empire State Building. Same thing with the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, wow. it, it's, it was just so surprising to me. Um, another one in the realm of the US, Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> I have you know, heard so, I've been one like through it for half a day and it seemed pretty cool, yeah. but I, I had heard yeah. a lot of people talk about Madison as this maybe shining light is too strong a word, but as this cool place in the Midwest, like, Hey, this is, if you're going to like a city town in the Midwest, mm-hmm. check this out because it's got a lot going on. What yeah. you might not think of it. Exactly. And there I completely, I went there specifically to dig into the supper club culture um, and learn all the history behind it and all of the uh, kind of quirky rules around it. Is Because if you've ever been in the Northern US, you've probably seen something called the supper club and you're like, what's the supper club? There are very specific things that make something a supper club and it's fascinating. Um so you, have a, have a, you must have a post on that, right? Because I'm very oh, yeah. intrigued. All right. We'll oh, yeah. link that in the show notes. And guys, <laughs> you can go to Ott's World, search Supper, Supper Club. Because now I'm like, what are all the rules of a Supper Club? Because I've seen them, but yep. never, ever thought. I just thought they were a fun way to not call yourself a restaurant. <laughs> you know, so like, there's oh, a we're very cool. specific okay. thing around it, like how all they're right. organized and what they serve. And yeah, it's it's actually really cool. And Madison, Wisconsin is a hotbed for supper clubs. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, a real supper club is going to be out kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it was easy to go to some of the the ones around Madison. Yeah. All right. Um, I got a mission now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think. um, Another weird one that always gets a lot of this kind of also fell in the world world of festivals in a way is the, um, what's it called? The Tio in in uh, Catalonia, Spain for Christmas, their Christmas log. Have you ever heard of the? No. Yeah. So if you go to Catalonia in December, um, you will find there that they actually don't like have a Santa Claus in Catalonia. They have a pooping Christmas log. Okay. (laughs) Yes. It's an actual log um, that they put a little face on and it's strange. They put a blanket over and the kids basically sing songs to it and they leave it little presents and or little food, basically like nuts and stuff. And it then like on Christmas morning, it poops out presents. So underneath its little blanket, there's a whole bunch of presents. It's not Santa Claus that comes and gives the presents. It's Chio, the log. <laughs> um, and actually what they have to do is beat the log with a stick before they could actually see if he pooped presents and this i'm not joking on any of this this is true stuff all your I've years 11 years of nomad <laughs> nomadicism culminating in a pooping log right that's it that's <laughs> yeah. like that's your you know creme de la creme of sherry's uh travel existence is writing about the pooping <laughs> log in catalonia spain in her book right am i right um okay we've got some 
that is pretty, I mean, those are very unique, very cool. I think that just shows the breadth of what you've done and your knowledge, right? To go Catalonia, Madison, Cincinnati, (laughs) right? You know, um, a festival in, in, was it Nevada? Elko, Nevada, yeah. Nevada. (laughs) Have you been to Frozen Dead Guy Days in Nederland, Colorado? No, but I've heard about them. Okay. I know. Awesome. I need to go. That'll be, <laughs> I'm all right, so close. That- that'll be, that'll be this winter maybe. Well, I don't know if they'll run it, but if they do, I'll be there. Frozen dead guy <laughs> days. I've been to, I think three times now, somehow. Oh. I don't know why. I, I remember really? Jason was wearing a shirt and it was just the coolest t-shirt I had seen. And it said frozen dead guys days. I'm like, what's this? He goes, if you're ever in Colorado, go to this. And then he took me one year. I'm like, this is weird and cool. And then I went back to next year. And I think I've been there three <laughs> times, maybe two. But um, yeah, talk about funky little festivals, right? This tiny town that celebrates the town founder that was up until not that long ago, frozen in ice in a storage shed in the middle of the town. Yes. Yes. There you go. We've got Um, got weird stuff here. Um, Yeah. So it is a big range of like quirky culture. And the main thing is it's not, it's not a lot of the normal stuff. Um, or like, for example, uh, I think it's no, November or, yeah, I think it's November. I can't remember which month it's in, October or November. Um, you know, most people talk about Patagonia. Well, I didn't want to put Patagonia down because that's, to me, rather obvious. So, in, and I love Patagonia, but I also went to the northern part. So Patagonia is always like the southern part of Chile and, and um, uh, Argentina. But there's also a northern part of Chile in Argentina. It just doesn't have a cool name mm-hmm. <laughs> that is incredible. So Salta, Argentina, and um, you can actually then cross over. It's super high desert, like 12,000 feet or something that you cross over and you get into the Atacama Desert in um, Chile. And that whole region up there, I think I had for either October or November. Um absolutely stunning beautiful lesser known for sure um but the the landscapes are just out of this world at salt flats flamingos mm. incredible high desert stuff that's really unique so are you saying they like need that. a better marketing director they, they do to, if they want more tourism get a better yeah. name Give yourself a, a nickname and go for it. All right. I know in the article I wrote, I made one up and I think I started referring to it as that, but it hasn't taken hold. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. SEO <laughs> takes a couple of years to kick in. Just it's give it a true. couple of years. Pretty soon people will refer. It'll be like, oh, I'm in Ots world. Uh, people are like, what's that? Oh, that's just this region in Chile and Argentina. It's also this random garden place in Collegeville, Pennsylvania. But uh, I love it. That would be a dream come true. (laughs) There you go. So did you set it up? I I, I know when we talked via email, you were saying like, it's a bit of a, of a, Hey, not instead of going here, but if you like this, check out this, did you put that in the book specifically to say, Hey, here's kind of the more popular or more well-known attraction, you know, like those lists you'll see instead of going to Paris, go to blah, blah, blah. Um, Not, Exactly. Like I did make reference to if it was like, for instance, the Antarctica trip. Um, I made reference to the fact that this is the lesser known route that only 500 people a year travel on Mm. as compared to when people go to the peninsula where 50,000 people go that way. So where I could make some 
mentions more than anything, yeah. I would, but I didn't get into it too much because it's a, and the other thing I should say, the book, I mean, I couldn't write, it would have been a novel um, to write about each of these individual places in full. So instead I've done introductions, I've given you ideas of like, here's the things you can do, or here's what it's about. And then there's a, um, a little read it icon. And then that links into my blog where I have all the detailed articles that I wrote about it at that gotcha. time when I went, because remember, these are all places I went to. And I think just kind of as a side note, one of my annoyances lots of times with travel writing and travel books like this, these roundup things are that the person who wrote it never actually went to all those places ever. And yeah, lots of these roundups are, are done by like, you know, 15 different authors saying their favorite place or something. And I think there are a few people who have been to as many places as myself, you have. And so we have this unique view um, where we could pull it all together, you know, and that's why I, I probably highlight that it's like, no, I actually went all of these places and there were a bunch that I had to leave out. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? I know. Hey, well, you do second version, you know, third version, what have you. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think you're right. I Like we always say, listen, we haven't been everywhere, not, not by anywhere close to the imagination have we been everywhere or do we even when we speak to a place do we know that place inside and out as a local of course not because we are not local to there yeah but the thing you know kind of our value add if we're talking about and same with you is mm -hmm. if you like listening to us or if you like reading sherry's site then you say all right well if she likes it then I'll like it be, or, yeah. or like, I, I know where she stands. I know what she likes so I mm -hmm. can better figure out if I'll like it or not versus yes. yeah. The travel roundup where it's like, well, I don't know some random writer who may have been here may not have been here is writing this, um, yeah. you know, and yeah, it gives me like a super surface level of what to do, mm -hmm. but I don't know if I should follow. It's like, it's like going to TripAdvisor yeah. for your recommendations. It's okay to exactly. start like on a very broad level, you know, if a tourist is recommending the best places to eat in Paris versus a local, well, yeah, what experience you want, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I that's a very good way to put it. Um, yeah, I do, and I, I get even annoyed at little things like when I was writing up my Colorado road trips this year, I, I did a whole bunch of research, and of course, there's a ton of articles about Colorado road trips, so you know, like a road trip to the south or something like that, but you look at it and I'm not really sure if whoever wrote it actually went on this road trip or if they just researched it on Wikipedia or something, you know, like, so I started to become very deliberate about saying like, I took this, I went to all these places. Yeah. Um, Cause that's just one of my little, little annoyances about travel writing today. Um, totally. I, I, but, I couldn't agree more. It's like, it, I will, if I find a good site that I love, like I will 100% like, go to that and and listen to them over 5 10 15 other articles telling me that you know because again it's and, and not putting these publications down like buzzfeed or any of those they they serve a purpose but it's not for me the deeper purpose that I want like yeah. I'll give you a great example I don't know if you've ever seen the website called santorinidave.com <gasps> I know him. Yeah. Okay. I went to Santorini and that's how I first found his site and not everything that he recommended did I like, but most of yeah. it was really spot on. And yeah. now I see that he has like, he's obviously traveled a lot too. So yeah. he, he has spurs. He talks yeah. about other stuff now. And I just yeah. remember thinking, 
oh my gosh, I'm so happy he's talking about other stuff because he was so good at Santorini that yeah. like I trust him not to just put it out there if it's, yes. you know, if it's crap, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that if you ever hilarious. talk to him, tell him that uh, great site. <laughs> I mean, and, and yeah, I've never met him. But I just remember finding that and thinking, obviously, this started as someone's personal blog. He's built a great yes. business around it. But even the name, like, you know, you're not yeah. starting something called Santorini Dave if your goal is to cover every country in the world <laughs> and write guidebooks because people will be like, why is this called Santorini Dave, right? So um, I, I kind of think Rick Steves, you know, for better or worse, does this too. Like, he doesn't expand out of Europe. The guy could yeah. write about any country, anywhere he wanted. He could have writers send him stuff, and he could do a good job curating the information, but he doesn't. And he doesn't go mm -hmm. everywhere. I know that now, but it, it is. He's like, I've, I'm doing Europe, and that's it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going yeah. anywhere else. And I think, yeah, but I think what makes kind of us unique is we, we do go, ev we go a lot of different places, and I don't have one place that I can really specialize on but my specialty is, and your specialty is, you know, the types of unique experiences that you've had. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great. But th yeah, that was the whole premise to the book was get people, you know, accurate information based on stuff I did. And absolutely people who read my site, I would hope understand that, like, I don't go to the normal places. Like I've, I find different places. I don't like to go where everyone else is going. I always say, I see where everyone else is going and I turn and go the other way. That's right. kind of just my motto in travel. Um, so hopefully they kind of know what they're going to get. And certainly after you read the book, you'll get a feeling for there's some quirky things in there. <laughs> for sure. And I think more than just even the places, it's also the way you travel and the type of traveler you are, which changes. Uh, you know, we talked about mm -hmm. the big transition oh, yeah. from corporate world, nomadic, home base. But I want to play a little like game called Save Splurge here. Uh, oh, I want to. I want to think back when you first started. Oh, what boy. would be like? What was maybe the biggest way that you saved money, or or the best tip when you were beginning eleven? years ago where you're like, all right, I, I always saved this way. And maybe there wasn't something because you were new, but I don't know. Was there a splurge that you would do back then? And then we'll, we'll kind of bring it to present day and see how that's maybe changed. Oh, well. Because <laughs> you were pretty um, budget say, in the beginning, right? Oh, well, yes. Yes and no. Yet I just okay. also come off a corporate job. Um where I had saved a lot of money to take that initial trip. Okay. What I didn't know was I was going to, the, the initial trip was supposed to be a year and then I just never came back. So then I had to really change how I spent money at that point. Cause I'm like, Oh crap. All right. Um, so we want let's not take it all the way back to the beginning. Let's take it back to your, your that, most frugal day. Your, your, your in between <laughs> days, your most frugal time. What was like, because I think I know one that might be a splurge for you, but I'm not even sure. So, I, and I, I could be wrong, but what would you save on and what would you splurge on? Like for me, and I'll give you an example, I would never spend money on transportation. Like I oh, wasn't yeah. taking a taxi anywhere, even <laughs> if it was like in a third world country where a taxi was going to be like three bucks because I could take a, something else for 50 cents. And Heather yeah. would kill me. She'd be like, dude, it's pouring rain. We're going to walk an hour <laughs> in the rain. I said, that it's guy's ripping cents. me off. I'm not doing it, you know? So for me, it was like, I I liked the on the, like as local as I could do modes of transportation, yeah. but I also yeah. used it as a money saving tip where other people would be like, 
oh, hell no, I'm not doing that, you know? Yeah. And I think the obvious thing here is probably lodging and transportation. So in the beginning, I was doing some couch surfing. Um, I would, yes, I would always do local transportation. And I mean, I was so frugal in the beginning. That's one of the reasons why I placed myself in Vietnam and taught English because it was a cheap place to be. Um, while I continued to work on the blog, but even there, like I never took taxis there. I taught myself how to drive a, drive a motorbike. So I didn't have to pay anyone to do anything except for my cost of the monthly rental of the motorbike. Um, $20 a month. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Gas is like, (laughs) gas is like 90 cents every five days. It is insane. Oh, oh, what a great life. Yeah. So I kind of put myself like, if I think about the ultimate sacrifice I probably made for money and to even get into this, I don't know, career really was, it was to kind of settle into Vietnam and live super cheaply um, by myself. Uh, that was crazy. And then like a splurge for me back then was, it was still, I was, that's also why in the beginning I very much stayed in Southeast Asia. Like I've kind of specialized in Asia and Southeast Asia. Um, I did know Europe. So it also very much affected where I was going, my budget. Um, and my splurge back then would be like maybe hiring a photographer I hired a photographer to travel with me into Laos and help me with like travel or with photography Mm -hmm. and um that kind of stuff for a week which was great yeah cool all right (laughs) it still wasn't that much as I know but 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 I'm sure then it was but it's all in comparison it's like if you're spending eight hundred dollars a month to live fairly well right? Oh my God, yes. If, if, if that, you know, then hiring a photographer for whatever it is, is, yeah. is going to seem like an expense. Oh, right? it was huge. I mean, yeah, I was definitely, I was living for easily under 800 a month. Yeah. Um, and I remember the photographer was like over a thousand or maybe it was 1500 or 2000 for a week. And I was just like, holy, right. <laughs> you know, but that's months um, of living in, in Vietnam. Yeah. 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 Huh. So. All right, let's 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 kick it up like to either present day or or kind of maybe Sherry. I don't even want to say two because I'm sure there's like so many versions, yeah. <laughs> but more towards the end of your nomadic journey, or or even into this this time period where you have a home base. What would be like? What are the ways that you still save? Where you're like, yeah, this is just almost like this is just me. Like I'm not gonna pay for this that other people might pay for. Oh. I bet my friends could answer that better than I could. <laughs> probably, probably, right? Yeah, that's that's what we got to do. We got to get the friends because they're probably sick of me like going to cheap places. Um, I would always say still uh, things like breakfast at a hotel, like Airbnb. You know, like make my own breakfast, make my own lunches, mm. and that kind of stuff. So as much as I love food, um, I'm still pretty frugal on it, and. Yeah, I would say that's probably one of the big ways now. I'm trying to think of other things that maybe I don't spend money on. Is it on. easier to think of a splurge? Like, and by splurge, I mean well, something that now you've now you've changed. Now you're like, all right, I'm not going to be as bare bones. I'm fine paying for this comfort, convenience, whatever it is. I would say my biggest change there would be from I used to stay in a lot of hostels. Um, and there's nothing wrong with hostels, but now I would much rather be in like an Airbnb where partially also because it's easier to work 
Yep. You know, when you have yep. to work and be on your computer and stuff like that, it was just can't go on that pub crawl yeah. every night and and drink those flaming <laughs> shots at night after night after night that you do in and the hospital. And actually hostels. get work done. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, you want to do flaming absinthe again? Like, oh, this is eight <laughs> nights in a row. Maybe I'll take a break to try to write a blog post, you know? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so like the days of, yet I don't mind it, but the days of bunk beds and hostels have probably gone by the wayside. I'd say that's the biggest difference okay in how i travel um yeah yeah i, I my is, sp- oh, go ahead oh, go ahead no 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 go ahead my splurge <laughs> for you and i don't know if this is true but i i know you like good gin <gasps> oh <laughs> so i didn't know if it would be gin or and or like drinks or for me like it might be i'm not going to eat expensive all the time but i will splurge on an elevated experience relatively talking yes an elevated experience like oh let's go to a good cocktail bar or let's go have a really good meal in this place because it's recommended you know like not all the time but yeah that's kind of where we've changed a bit you're absolutely right on that too see people know me better than i do half the time um a cocktail absolutely i i when i first started traveling I would only drink beer and barely, you know, you know, it was just, it was cheap, right? Yeah. Um, Southeast Asian beer, but, not good, but very no, plentiful and put, very cheap. Put ice cubes in it and you're set. That's right. <laughs> just make it as cold as possible. Um, but yeah, definitely now. And I write a lot about cocktails now, which probably makes me think that that's why I get to drink more. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, I can, I can write about expense. this experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I do a lot more of that. Um, visit, yeah, gin is very important to me. That is very true, and it's funny because somewhere here in the middle of when we were talking, I know, I know, at the end you ask about a funny experience or something. And the Let's last get into time it I'm, now. Let's talk about God. your biggest biggest travel mishap. Well, I'm I'm slightly embarrassed because all of a sudden I remembered what it was the last time. Do you okay. remember my mishap the last time I was on? You had gin and you you missed a flight or snow i don't know tell him again it was i I don't remember it was a gin filled night in barcelona had an early flight woke up caught the cab ended up puking all over in the airport like trash cans it was it was a mess and then like flew home uh flew back actually i flew into philadelphia okay no philadelphia and then indianapolis and I had taken some gin with me and I was hung over the whole flight. And then I got to Indianapolis and the whole bottle of gin had completely broken and my whole, everything smelled like gin. And I had a press trip the next day and I was just green the whole day. It was horrible. That was a horrible story. <laughs> I, I do. Now that you remember, cause I remember me saying to you, Barcelona and gin, like, and this, I don't oh, know yeah. when we recorded this years ago, but I, I remember either. me being like, and you were like, no, Trav, actually, Spain, Barcelona it? in particular has awesome gin. And I ha- was in Barcelona after that conversation and forgot about that. So got to go back. Yes. Got to have a gin tonic in, in Barcelona or anywhere in Catalonia. Oh, so good. Um, um, yes. So that was a really kind of embarrassing story. I don't have... So my story this time is not as embarrassing. It's more of a consider it like an after school special, I suppose, a public service okay. announcement. Gotcha. 
PSA so not quite as funny. So I'm trying to make up for my really bad one. Um, so uh, let's see. I was going to India with my niece. And um, I, I do this thing called the Neats Project where I travel with all of my nieces. And it, this was my last niece. Uh, she chose India as her place to go, where she wanted to go with me. She had never been out of the country before. I was quite nervous about taking her to India. I had been there a number of times, but I'm like, you're from Nebraska. You've never been out of the country and you chose India. Um, so anyway, I was already kind of stressed out. We we were having some trouble getting our, or the flights were delayed. We were leaving from Denver to New York, New York to Delhi. By some miracle, we somehow were running through airports. We caught that New York to Delhi flight. And um, I proceeded to have a couple glasses of wine and like pass out hard for, it was great actually. Anyway, and I gave her the I gave her the uh, the window seat and I was in the middle because she had never flown before. So I'm like, yeah, take the window. I'll sit in the middle for this horrible flight. Um, so then we're there and we do this intrepid trip for like a week and a half. And I notice as I'm in India, like my calves hurt. Well, like, that's weird. Even get like a massage and stuff like that. But they're just sore. They're tight. They feel like they need a massage. Um, and then at some point also during that trip, we were laughing about something. The whole group was laughing about something. And I noticed that I had this uh, like just little pain in my chest. Um, and it just hurt when I took in like a big breath of air to laugh really loud. Wow. And I'm like, that's really weird. So we're there for like a, two weeks at least. Fly back to Denver. Um, I get her home to Nebraska. And in the next couple of days, this pain in my chest gets worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I figured I maybe had like bronchitis or something. I had this really weird cough that was just like, a, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't productive because it hurt to breathe in. So I'm like, I must have bronchitis. So I call, it got so bad that I couldn't sleep. And I call the doctor and I'm like, I need an appointment before the weekend to get some antibiotics. Cause I think I have bronchitis from being in India. And I couldn't get in. So they give me a doctor on the phone and I talk to her and tell her about everything. And she's like, so you were on a long flight from India. And I said, yeah, she's, she's like, you know, I think, I think you need to come into urgent care right away. She's like, I think you have blood clots. And I'm like, no, I said, this is just, it's just bronchitis. It's something, you know, I just need antibiotics to be able to sleep or something like, and I said, I don't think it's that. And she's like, no, I really, I really think you need to come in. And I said, no, I have an event tonight. I did. I had some press event or something. And I said, can I come in tomorrow? And she's like, no, I think you should come in tonight. So I'm still so like, I don't, I think, don't think it's serious. And I proceed because I'm cheap at home, proceed to take an Uber pool (laughs) to the urgent care, which lets me out like, five blocks from where the urgent care is because it's a pool and they can do that. <laughs> and now I'm walking five blocks yet to the urgent care, get in there. And sure enough, um, I have three pulmonary embolisms in my lungs. Wow. So I did have blood clots in my legs. That was the pain in my legs. Um, they broke off and came up into my lungs in which time I probably had a 50, 50 chance of dying. I didn't know that. Um, and now they were lodged in my lungs. So they immediately put me on blood thinners. Um, 
And then it, it was like six months of thinners and all kinds of stuff. But so that's my little lesson. So what I did wrong in all these years of long flights is, you know, I didn't get up and walk around. I had, I just really passed out. Um, and the flight was a 13 hour flight. I mean, I passed out for maybe five hours. They say that you should get up and walk around on a flight every two hours. I normally now set my alarm for every two hours and I get up and walk around. Okay. Um, I wear compression socks now. Uh, they also say to not drink a lot of booze. Um, women I'm are waiting for you risk. to say, I'm waiting for you to say you do also don't drink a lot of booze, <laughs> but I, I don't know if I'm going to hear that. Cause you're saying all the things you do that they tell you to do, but <laughs> well, I still have a little, but maybe I drink more water with it. How's gotcha. That? <laughs> and, and you wear a compression sock. So you're yeah, like, all right, two out of three ain't bad. Yes. All right. I walk around, I do all that stuff. So yeah. Um, the possibility of blood clots during a long flight is real. So that's yeah. my public service announcement. Um, you know, in 14 years of travel that, that happened and I was extremely lucky, like literally it was a roll of the dice, um, yeah. that I survived that. So, uh, that was a big wake up call for me. Just kind of like, Oh my God, travel could have killed me. Um, yeah. And doing something that you've done, uh, you know, obviously hundreds, hundreds of, of times. times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was crazy. And and the other thing I guess to know is that women are more at risk. Um, and that's normally because if they're on any kind of birth control, your odds go up a lot, which I didn't know. Like none of this stuff was stuff I knew, mm. um, which is really sad. But yeah, so that's my that's my bad right. story, I guess. Yeah, bad, well, I mean, good ending. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I say it's it's not sad because we're here talking to each other. Um, so yeah, and that is crazy, and I think it is something to realize too because I am the same way. Not that I've had something that drastic, but you know, mm -hmm. oh, this is no big deal. This is no big deal. This is no big deal. Um, and maybe you know, it's just our personalities, but maybe it's because we've traveled a lot where you just you actually, yeah, I, I've dealt with a lot of things. You know, this and that. It's not a big deal, um, but it's really good that someone pushed you, you know, in that case, it was an urgent care yeah. doctor, yeah. but oh it, you know, whether it's a travel companion, a spouse, yep. whatever, if you're just listen to someone else, if you're stubborn, yeah. listen to someone else, right? <laughs> Moral of the story. Um, yeah. And get up and walk on planes yep. and it doesn't just happen to, you know, old people and yeah, you know, people who might not be, you know, Physical overweight or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Right. You don't yep. think it can happen to you, but it does. And it was, yeah, it was pretty crazy. The other crazy thing is I got those blood. I contracted the blood clots on the way to India, I realized. And then in India is when they moved into my lungs, which I was so lucky. I mean, right there, I was lucky. I should have been in a hospital in India at that point, but I made it all the way back home. <laughs> Yeah. And, then, and luckily I had insurance. That was the other thing though, too. At the same time, I also decided having a home right. saved my life. That was actually the, the lesson out of that too, for me mm. was having a home saved my life because I wouldn't have had insurance. I would have been never called, you know, yep. like you would have went from India to who knows where. Yes. And just exactly. Yeah. So I actually had a number I could call to try to get in and do a doctor appointment, you know, and that goes back full circle to where we started of. Right. It's not sexy, but it's like, <laughs> I have, I have a built in adult network of doctors, <laughs> friends, you know, whatever, um, that, that normal people would have that, you know, yeah. as much as we say, oh, I don't need a normal life. Yeah. You don't need it. And, and, and no one needs it, but you need, you do need parts of it for, for yes. circumstances like this. It, yeah. 
Absolutely. So yeah. it was a, it was Woo. a scary well, We're glad you're here. We're glad you're Thank here. You. Uh, please make it to come on for a third time at some point as well. Um, what do you have coming up in the pipeline then? Because you, you talked about the book. What else? Is there any other big things on the horizon or are you just kind of waiting out COVID pandemic to, to kind of maybe put stuff in place? Um, I am, I guess as far as like projects or travel or both personal, both. professional, you, okay. you name it. Um, you know, I've been, I have a list of projects still. Um, and some of them include, uh, some ideas on either books or classes on solo travel for women over 40. Okay. Um, that is an area that tends to get a lot of, um, I get a lot of questions about and stuff like that. Uh, And so there's those ideas. I don't know if I'll take them on this winter or not, but I may. Um, And as far as travel, um, we talked a little bit about it. Like I am thinking about going back to Alaska in February for Northern Lights, snowmobiling, dog sledding. I've gotten really into um, dog sledding where you get a mushroom team. Like I'll never ride in a dog sled again. Um, But being able to control a team. I did a class in a, like a school, a mushing school in Alaska last time. And now I want to, I want to build upon that. Okay, cool. Um, so some of that I mentioned, you know, if Jordan opens up, I'd really like to get to Jordan and do that hike. I, I feel like doing something. I need something epic. <laughs> like I need a big, I want a big long trip. Okay. Um, I will even say that I think, you know, Dave and Deb from planet D. Yep. Um, it was them who I did the Mongol rally with 10 years ago and we're on our 10th anniversary and we did slightly talk about like, should we do that again? Um, so I think I'm answer. For kind yes. Of- <laughs> yes, you should do it. 10 years. You're 10 years older. Your, your body will hurt even more. Uh, but I would say not the Mongol rally. You got to do the one that those guys do where you like strap yourself into that, like fan machine, like oh, the, no. the, flying the flying one machine. that <laughs> no. is if you guys haven't seen the adventurists run all these challenges quests, yeah. one of their biggest one is the Mongol rally. That's when they started with, mm-hmm. but now they have like people riding horses. Um, and, but they have another one where, yeah, you strap into essentially like a fan boat, but it flies. It yeah. And it's <laughs> supposed to be very dangerous. Um, so uh, maybe don't do that, Sherry. We want you to come <laughs> back on show three. So, um, yes. go do the Mongol rally. That'll be at, at at your age, and I don't mean that that way. I mean, <laughs> 10 years older, right? You, yes. Dave, Deb, 10 years older. Yes. I would be 10 years older if I was doing it. That'll be a challenge yeah. in and of itself. It yeah. would. And and there is a part of, I mean, I think that's really what I'm itching to do is something big. Um, yeah. Something that, quest. that is a, yes, I need a quest. And, and that's kind of what's missing, whether that's a long distance hike for like a month, a drive across a couple continents for a month. I don't know. But that's, that's what I feel like in my bones. Well, here's what you got to do. You go relax in Lake Tahoe. We'll let you go. <laughs> you go finish your drive to Lake Tahoe, relax there, think on your quest, and then just let us Ooh, know. And you're like, quest. this is my quest. Here's where I'm okay. going. And and I, I think it. it should probably have gin involved too. Like <laughs> maybe you build that in. Maybe you build that in. Ooh, I like that idea. 
<laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And it's early morning. You guys didn't know this, but it's early morning for Sherry. So she got up yes. early to come chat with us. You couldn't tell from her enthusiasm, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so thank you for joining me today, stoking that wanderlust that we all have like bubbling inside of us. Almost, Maybe maybe the dominoes will start to fall and we'll find ourselves on trips. Maybe not. Yeah, um, let's hope so. But remind people one more time, like what's the best way to follow you and go find everything and also get the book and all that good stuff? Um, well, we'll start with the best way to like get the book and really dig into my travels is the blog. So otsworld.com. Um, you'll see there'll be offers for the book. It's free, by the way. I don't know if we even said that. The book is I, free. <laughs> I don't even know if I knew that. So yeah. oh, great. Yeah. There you go, guys. <laughs> there you go. We could call it a special <laughs> listener discount that that everyone is getting. But there oh you go. yeah. <laughs> um, and then like to follow my recent travels. Uh, or live travel still, because I am still, you know, I just was in the Grand Canyon. I've been doing um, van life in Colorado. Uh, I'd say the best way to do that is Instagram stories and Instagram. So that's just at Otsworld. Um, also, awesome. same with Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and all that. But uh, I have a lot of fun with Instagram stories. I enjoy them. <laughs> I have been watching yours. I enjoy yours as well. And guys, <laughs> Sherry has a like she said, she's hit on this, a ton of content on her site. I mean, it's been years that you've been writing it. You're a very prolific writer. You're a very good writer, uh, very good photographer as well. And uh, so what, you know, I would urge you, go grab the book. And then as she mentioned, like dive, this is what I'm, this is how I'm going to do it. Grab the book and then dive into the ones that I want to see more and then read the longer stuff. Um, yes. I love that style of it too, right? Like perfect like give me the tasting menu and then mm -hmm. let me come back for what I want more of, you know, which will probably yeah. be all of it to be honest, but you know, but I'll <laughs> well, still, I'm sure there'll be something that I decide, Oh, this piques my interest more, you know? Yes. Yeah. You got to go check out supper clubs I, for one thing. And I could do that. I could do that now. So this yeah. might, that might be the first hit on my, uh, on my, <laughs> Ots World, like bucket list, supper clubs, Madison, Wisconsin, or, or just, I don't know, I'll check. I'm sure there's some around here too. So, oh, yeah. There, well, there may be. You'll be able to tell if they're done correctly or not. That's right. That's obviously you You'll become a supper club snob like I am. <laughs> All right. That's what I want. I want to get that badge of honor. Awesome. So, guys, oddsworld.com. We will link everything up in the show notes. We'll also link up some of the uh, specific things. And you've written it on articles. So, we'll link up some of the specific articles that we mentioned. Um, in those as well. So that's extrapackofpeanuts.com slash shows. Of course, you can go right to Sherry's website, oddsworld.com. You won't be taken to the Home and Garden Center in Collegeville, Pennsylvania. I don't know what there. I'm not going to go look at what their domain is. Maybe they're a .net. Who knows? Ooh, um, I am going to find that place. Yeah. It, come come visit. Come visit. Thanks again, Sherry. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. It's It was too long, but... um. It's it's just awesome. We could do it for hours and hours and hours, but I'll let you go so you can go to Lake Tahoe. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Guys, thank you all for listening for the continued support that make us the number one rated travel podcast out there. Until next time, everyone, happy free travels. I'll show you Paris soon.